We are at the beginning of Perak Zayin of Shmuel, and we saw Akadish Baruch's instruction to Shmuel to go and anoint David Amalek as a king. And we saw last night we were discussing. Shmuel says, "Eich Eilech, how can I go? V'shama Shaul Baragani. Shmuel, Shaul's going to kill me." So we asked the first question. Shmuel was scared that Shaul, his Talmud, would kill him. Doesn't make sense. Nabon, v'yamer Hashem. So Hashem answers, "Egas Barakatik Chpiyadecha v'Matzil Isbarach Hashem Basi." So you have another question. Shmuel was a Navi. Shmuel was going B'Shem Hashem. Why was Shmuel scared? What was Shmuel scared of? Hashem wouldn't protect him. Eich Eilech, how can I go? Hashem told you to go. What's the question? That was our two questions. The third point, that was the, the end point, and that is, Hashem didn't say, just go, you'll be okay, or don't be choshed shah. Hashem finds the excuse for him. And that is, take with the egg the sparkler, and say that is Baruch Hashem, but I came to bring a carbon. So Kilo Hashem doesn't just agree with the, with the shash that Shmuel had, that it's dangerous for me to go. Hashem even gives him the eights of what he's meant to do. And now the next question, which we didn't talk about yesterday, and I'm going to ask today, and that is, Shmuel couldn't have thought of such an idea himself. Well, what is the big godless? Shmuel could have also thought of that. I want to go to Bethlehem. I have to find some reason to go, some pretext, some excuse, that Shaul's not going to realize what I'm doing. So I'll think of a reason. I'll find something myself. Why do you have to go back to Hashem and say, Hashem, I have a problem. I don't know how to get there. Hashem said, you know what? I thought of an answer for you. So you're going to bring a carbon. Shmuel could have also thought of something like that. Those are the questions we asked yesterday. So we gave two approaches already yesterday, but there's another, there's another point I want to talk about as well, another approach to the second. But for that, you have to see one more pasuk. With pasuk Gimel, Hashem says to him, When you make the carbon in that town, you're going to call Yishai to join you at the carbon. And I'm going to tell you what to do. And the one that I'm going to tell you, anoint for me. I'm going to anoint, you're going to anoint for me as the next king. Again, already Pasuk Aleph, Hashem told Shmuel, I'm going, one of his sons is going to be a king. So Hashem doesn't tell Shmuel which son it's going to be. He says, go to Bethlehem, invite Yishai and his sons to the Suda, and then the one I'm telling you to anoint, that's when you're going to anoint. Okay? Vayash Shmuel, as Hashem did Hashem. Shmuel does what Hashem says. He comes to Bezlechem. Now you must remember at this stage Shmuel was already an older man. Shmuel was already no longer acting as the Navi so much. He wasn't traveling anymore. That's why he had made Shaul the king a year and a half before. But, so now Shmuel's traveled to a different city and made a big impact. The, the elders, the Rabbanim, the people in charge of the city hear that Shmuel's coming. They all race to what's going on, Shmuel. Why did you come to our city? It was, a, it was a surprise. It was also a source of consternation. And so they said to him, Vayomer is obviously the leader of the city, maybe the person in charge. I said, Shalom Vayacha, did you come in peace? And I didn't know what, what the Nebuah was that Shmuel came to say. Because it was clear that Shmuel was a Navi. And if he was coming to Beis Lechem... Are you coming in peace? Yes. Uh, that's the one that Fashion explained. Because they understood that Shmuel was coming with a Nebuah. He's a Navi, he's not coming for nothing. So, what's the reason the Navi's coming? What is, what's the, some, something major obviously must have happened. Okay? Uh, so, he says, yes, I came to bring a carbon. So therefore, he's got to prepare yourselves, be material yourselves, so you can eat Kachim. And you'll come join me at the carbon. 
By a Kaddish is Yishai Vespana by Yechonah Mazarach. Something, something, and then he specified Yishai and his sons, and he told them, I'm inviting you specifically to be part of the, still the part of the carbon, so prepare yourselves by a Kaddish. In other words, make yourselves Kaddish, make sure you properly tar, and that way you can participate in the carbon. Okay, so now we see another perspective which explains the whole story to us. And that is, we saw before, Hashem tells Shmuel, I want you to go to Beis Lechem, and I want you to call Yeshai and anoint one of his sons as a king. And we saw Shmuel's response to Hashem is, how can I go? Shaul's going to find out. Now what we asked before, why was Shmuel scared? Why was Shmuel scared? And uh, Hashem sent him, Hashem can't protect him. And if he had to, the idea was to think of an excuse why to go. So he asked, well, Hashem has to give him a reason, he can't think of something himself. But we see from the context of what happened next, exactly what Shmuel knew was going to happen. Shmuel, now Hashem is sending me as a Novi to this city. I'm, it's not going to go unnoticed. I'm going to get to the city and everyone's going to come running. Shmuel, what are you doing here? Why does the Novi come? It's not a regular thing. So what am I going to say to them? And now the problem wasn't so much Shmuel scared that I'm going to get killed. If I'm going to come and say I'm going to anoint a new king, so then for sure that's going to be something which is going to go back to Shul. This is a big event. The Novi came to town. Why did he come? So if I'm going to say I came to anoint the king, then obviously that's not going to be something which is going to be kept quiet. And that's why Shmuel says to Hashem, I need a reason to go. I need a reason to go because otherwise what am I going to tell everybody? And now the question is, so Shmuel, make up something. What's the big deal? And the answer is, Shmuel can't do that. You're a Navi. So everyone understands, you're coming, what did Hashem tell you to come Everything for? Everything you say is true. Everything you say is, you're saying Hashem, Hashem. You're a Navi. So for Shmuel to say, I came to bring a carbon, that's not what Hashem sent you for. It wouldn't be true. So Shmuel needs Hashem to tell him the reason to come. And now you can say, Hashem told me to come to bring a carbon. And therefore the Shmuel was asking Hashem, give me the reason. Give me the reason why I'm going to go this. That when people ask me, what are you doing here? I have what to say. And that's exactly what he did do. He, exactly how he predicted. He came to Bethlehem. The whole city is a buzz. What's going on? Shmuel's arrived. Wow, what, what happened? And uh, what, 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 Shalom Be'echot. Did you come in peace? What, what was the message? What did Hashem want? And therefore Shmuel can say exactly what, what Hashem told him to say. And that is, I came to bring a carbon. Hashem told me to bring a carbon. Okay, that's a different story. Did the people of Bethlehem wonder why there was Hashem sent Shmuel to bring a carbon in Bethlehem? Probably they did. But at least it gave a reason for it. It wasn't that it's some secret mission that no one knows about and we'll be able to speculate what's going on. Now, why was, this is finished in this line of thought, why was Shmuel scared of what Shaul would do? Because we already saw beforehand. Shmuel told Shaul twice, you're going to lose your kingship. You're going to lose the kingship, Hashem's taking it away from you. And Shaul's answer was, Don't embarrass me in front of everybody else. They don't know that. It's true, I hear Hashem told him to do the kingship, but Tanishal doesn't know that. So at least in front of them, still come down, you know, try, make them think I'm still the king. And then we already saw over here that Shaul wasn't going to like, willingly abdicate and give up his power so quickly. Hashem had already told him directly, you're not going to be the king anymore. And he said, I'm scared. I want to do what Tanishal think of me. And that's the case if now there's, uh, people are talking about the fact that a new king has been appointed. So it's not going to be that Shaul's going to say, okay, well, that's okay, so I resign peacefully, let somebody else be the king. No, he's going to try and, and maintain, and stay face, and maintain the, the, his kingship in front of Israel. And that's why Shmuel said, I can't go to Bethlehem and say I'm appointing someone else as a king. Shaul's not going to accept that. I've already seen that he did it. So Shmuel comes to Bethlehem, he brings the carbon, and he invites Yisha and his sons to the Suda of... To the Suda of uh, the carbon afterwards. 
And I made another point. We saw already yesterday that it wasn't just a din that David was chosen as a king. We already saw yesterday, so the point aside as well, that there was two dinim. There was Yishai deserved the one whose son should be a king. So that was already one din. And the second din was that Hashem chose David, which is why the first step was uh, when Hashem told Shmuel is invite Yishai because one of his sons is going to be the king. So now Shmuel is looking at all Yishai's sons. Out of, this, out of the sons of Yishai, which one is the one that is most likely to be a king? Sahib Avayam, when Yishai and his sons arrive, so he looks at them and he sees the oldest. His name was Eliyav. Vayaris Eliyav. He sees Eliyav, the oldest son, Vayaymer, and he says, Ach neged Hashem Meshichai. And the, this is obviously the one, neged Hashem, this is the one who's in front of Hashem, is the king. He thought, he thought that, that Bukhar was the most likely to be the king. As we know, that always leadership was a a prerogative of the Bukhar, but he also felt that Eliyav had the Kaychus to be a king. Remember, this is a novice speaking. Did he say it aloud? Rashi says no. He said it to himself. Why? Because Hashem told him, I'm going to tell you which one is the king. Mm-hmm. So Shmuel knew he's not going to decide on his own, Hashem is going to tell him. But in his own mind, Shmuel thought, this is the candidate. I'm sure this is what Hashem is going to choose. But obviously, he couldn't go out and anoint him without Hashem telling him. But what does Hashem tell him? Hashem says to Shmuel, I'll tell you till Mareu, will go over Kamos. I don't look at the way his appearance or his height. I've rejected him. Why? It's not the way a person sees. A person can see that with his eyes. Hashem can see a person's height. And therefore, Hashem tells Shmuel, you thought that he's a king. You look, you're being blinded by superficialities. You're seeing just the way he looks on the outside, and you don't know the truth. Hashem knows the truth. And now, this was a tremendous, so to speak, if you can call it an insult, but a tremendous message to Shmuel. We're talking about a Novi. We're talking about a person who's Recha Kodesh. It's not that it was some regular person that says, wow, he's good looking, he's tall, he's strong, like, he's the man. You're talking about a Novi. The Novi could be said, Shmuel was called the Raya, he could see things. So if you saw Eliyav, he wasn't just looking, he's a good-looking guy, he's strong and he's tall. No, you could see, this is a person of quality, this is a person of kayak. And Hashem, he deserves to be a king. Shmuel could make the assessment of looking at somebody and seeing what his true worth was. And not only that, if there is a, tells us the Sami Kulchach Mustafaitzah, that you can see in a person's face what kayakas and nefesh he has, I'm sure as a novi, Shmuel knew that as well. And with all that, Hashem tells Shmuel, no Shmuel, you're making a mistake. You're looking at him superficially. Hashem, you're in a label. Why was that necessary? Why give Shul such an insult? You can just say, I didn't choose him. I didn't choose him. But why make it like you're Shmuel, you, you, you're, you're being misled. You aren't a good novel. You don't see the truth. And that's why Chazal said that this was a Musa Tishmuel. This was. A Musa Tishmuel. Why? It came to, so to speak, to punish him for something that happened a long time before. When Shul and his, and his servants were looking for the lost donkeys, if you remember, and they decided, who's going to tell us where the donkeys are? We'll go to the Navi. The Navi is the Raya. He can see everything. We'll ask where the donkeys are. So the, the Pasuk says, they came to the city. And they asked the girls, is this the city where the Navi is? And the girls said, yes, he's just come. He's bringing the carbon. So they go in and they meet Shmuel on the road. And they say to him, is the Raya in town? Is the Navi in town? And Shmuel says, I need a Raya. I'm the Navi. Mm-hmm. And Hashem took objection to that. There was a certain element of uh, unnecessary, so to speak, uh, pride. I'm the Navi. So Hashem told him, Chayecho, so the Midrash, Chayecho, is going to time the time, the time is going to come where you're not going to be able to see. You're not going to be the Raya. 
And that happened when, just before he was anointing Shaul as the king. So the way Hashem Sarasik paid him back was now when he came to anoint the next king, now Hashem told him, you can't see. You see wrong. You aren't the right. And you just see a superficially of Hashem, you heard a labor. Now let's understand this a little bit. What did Shmuel do wrong? He was the Nabi. He was meant to deny it. He was meant to lead them on a send to somebody else. What was he meant to do? What was the what was the right answer to the question? If someone comes up to the Navi and says, You're the Navi, what's meant to say? No, 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 not me, not me, not me. Well, what's what's meant to say? You are the Navi. Ella what? The some the some talking about different maybe very small Lakutas, you know what Shmuel should have said differently. In other words, he could have said like Yaakov Yaakov Yenu said, when Yisrael asked him, Are you my Bukhar Aisab? He said, Ali, it's me. So he could have said, oh, it's me. He didn't say, I need I'm Navi. That gave it a certain kilo chashivas, which was an extra an extra pride in where he was. Whatever the notion is, as I'll say, it wasn't wrong. Shemul was a Navi, but it was an, a certain trench element, a certain trace of being too too confident of the position. Hashem said, Chayecha, they will come and you'll see another Navi. Whatever it's going to be, there was a certain element wrong. And that's why Hashem used this opportunity to give a Musa. And Musa is that, again, as much as the Novi can see, Hashem can see more. Now, what was wrong with Eliyav? What was wrong with Eliyav? Again, we're talking about Shmuel. We're talking about Shmuel, and Shmuel's a Novi. And Shmuel looks at a person, and he can wave the person. And he thinks this is the person who's ready to be a king. This is the person who's ready to be a king. So Hashem says, Ma'astiyo. Ma'astiyo, which means I've rejected him. Why did I, in other words, it wasn't, and this is, we're going to see the difference between the other brothers, that Hashem said, I never chose him. But here it says, Ma'astiyo, which means it was a choice. Shmuel, you weren't wrong completely. He was a candidate. But Hashem said, no. Hashem rejected him. Why did Hashem reject him? So Chazal tell us, because... Eliyav had a tendency to get angry. To get angry. We'll see, that we, we'll see this later in, in the story of the battle of God, yes. Eliyav got angry quickly. Hashem said that he doesn't deserve to be a king. Now, the Mishra explains this. Because even though Caius is always a bad matter, but in the king, it's a tragedy. Because the king says something, it happens. So the king gets angry, so him, kill him. He'll, he'll get killed. Oh, it was just got angry. Well, that's too bad. But then it happened. And that's why he says that uh, 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 someone who has a tendency to get angry, that's uh, an extremely dangerous Medina king. Like a Chashverosh and Vashti. Like in many other kings, like Nebuchadnezzar, who wanted to kill all Chachmei Babel because it didn't help him. That's a Mastil. Now, couldn't Shmuel see that? Shmuel was the right. Shmuel couldn't see that he was that he had a tendency to get angry. So the answer is not. The answer is not. Which means that it wasn't that he was such a castle that it was clear in his personality that's what it, that, that that he used to get angry. He wasn't. But there were times he did get angry. And it wasn't it wasn't something which was often happened enough of a feature that Shmuel could see from the outside. But Hashem could see that there was a certain element inside him which was going to bring to that midah that is already a danger. Now this is a chitish. And Israel Santos says this. We're going to go two steps here and we're going to see a tremendous muscle from the story. The first step, Israel says, he says, very often a person thinks, I don't have a certain bad midah. It's never affected me, so I don't have that midah. 
So I think it's good. It doesn't affect me. In the example of Shal Santa gives, imagine a poor yeshiva bacha. He doesn't. Have, he sits and he learns all day. The yeshiva gives him his bed. The yeshiva gives him his three meals a day. What else does he have in his life? So he thinks, you know, I'm not a person who suffers from a tivus moment for a desire for money. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I have the food in the yeshiva. I learn all day. I have no drive to make money. That's not a meta I have. I don't have that meta. Says Rabbi Israel, that's not a raya a person doesn't have a meta. Nothing ever happened to wake that meta up. The person never had any money. It was never something practical. So it didn't speak to him. He didn't care. It didn't make a difference. He says, one day this boy is going to get married. And maybe somebody will give him a wedding gift. Maybe his father will give him a dowry. So suddenly he has money. And now suddenly that money becomes, wow, money. And how am I going to make more? It wakes up the meter. And he was going to, he could have told you before and for years, I don't have this meter. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. I've never had it. That's not mean you don't have it. It just, nothing's happened yet to trigger it. But when the trigger comes, it's going to be there. And that's why Mishra said a person can't be confident that I don't have a certain middle because I've never been affected by it. Maybe they've never been in the circumstances. Maybe they've never been in the circumstances. And let's look at King Shaul. He grew up and he was the epitome of another. He considers himself in the servant the same. He's told he's going to be a king. He goes and hides. No one would know about it. And he could have said, Covered? Me? I'm exactly the opposite of Covered. Because you're never the king. But once he's a king, like we saw him just earlier tonight, and Shmuel says, You've done something wrong. Shmuel's taking the king's away from you. He says, Just don't tell anybody. Kabdainina. Don't take away my covenant. What happened, Shul? It woke up a middle which he didn't have before because it, never, it was never practical before. And that's the same thing over here. It could be a Leo didn't have a history of getting angry before. Shmuel couldn't see that. It never happened. But Hashem said, I know, I know something which you don't know. Hashem, you're the labor. That there's a tendency in him which he hasn't overcome. There's a tendency in him which he hasn't overcome, it's going, and it will come out. And that's why he doesn't deserve to be a king. Which means even if a Novi could see what a person's done, or the, the challenges a person's faced, to know what underlying things there are which might one day come out, no, the Novi can't see that. Hashem can see that. That's so that, that was uh, why Hashem said, I don't want to have to be a king. That's the first part. Rabbi came the altar, Israel Talmud, came the altar, and he said a tremendously powerful Musa. said, okay, so I understand. Something that, that buried that deep in a person. Something which is, has never been expressed. It's never found the, the opportunity to, to, to reverse thoughts, so to speak. Even a Navi can't tell that a person has that matter. We said, but an apple pecan, even so, it's a taino and a liof. You don't deserve to be a king because you have that middle. What do you want him to do? How's he meant to know he has the middle? The Nobi doesn't even know he has the middle. And Hashem says, you don't deserve to be a king, you've got bad middles. What do you want me to do? How am I to know? Says the Alton, you see from here, a person can know within themselves which middles they have to work on, even if that middle has never come out yet. Even if it's never got to the stage where it had the opportunity to erupt. He said a person's meant to understand himself well enough that he knows the underlying middle that he has as well. How is that possible? How is that possible? So this is part of Musa. He says to Sharon, we learned it together. One of the Yusaitis he said is, role play the situation. A person wants to know which middle he has, imagine yourself in that situation. How would I feel? How am I going to react? I just bought myself a brand new car. I just pull up carefully, and a guy wildly goes and smashes into the back. Make it real. How am I going to react? 
And I, I never had the brand new car. It's never happened yet. But if I put myself into the situation, and I think, what am I going to do? Then I'll say, do I get angry? Or, in any other situation, yeah, if I make it real enough to myself, imagine I had that money. What would I do with it? How would I feel? It would be something which would interest me. I would try and make more or try and invest it. By putting oneself into the situation of what would I do in that circumstance, then I'm creating a reality which now I can see how am I going to react. And this we said in the Musavat. There's something called the Kayachatsir. The Kayachatsir is a person's ability to imagine a situation. Tsir. A person's imagination. Tsir. I can make, I can paint the picture in my imagination which is real enough that it's going to trigger the midas which would come out. And if I do that, now I can see for myself which midas I have. Make it real. Imagine the situation. And if this was happening, I can see it. In my mind's eye, it's real to me. How would I react? And then I can see what, how I'm going to react. If, and I always say this in the Midas Valley. If you want to prove that that works, that's exactly what a dream is. A dream isn't really happening. It's happening in a person's imagination. But it makes his Midas work. If a person says something in a dream which makes him scared, he'll feel scared. He'll wake up in a cold sweat, he'll work with his heart racing. And if in the dream and something else attempts it in a different one of his Midas, he'll feel it. The Koyachatsir of a person, which means the way he can r- make a situation feel real in his mind, is strong enough to wake up the midas which will wake up in that situation. And that's why, as another thing, if a person's situation is a dream which is going to trigger anger, he'll wake up angry. The Koyach of the, of the imagination has the ability to wake up the midas which would happen in that situation. A person can make the situation real enough to himself that he can start to feel it. And then he can see what his midas are. So if a person wants to see what midas do I have, what do I need to work on? Like Yisrael said, I think, that midah never felt that. It's never applied to me. I think I don't have it. Do you want to test that? Imagine yourself in a situation which would, which would trigger such a midah, which would excite such a midah. How do you feel you're reacting? Does it start to make you angry? Does it start to make you scared? Does it start to make you feel the type for something? Whatever it's going to be. So then you see. It's just a question that, that midah has never been triggered before. But if a person would imagine a situation, you see, it doesn't affect it. It has, no, it has no, no, no connection to what he feels. Okay, then you can see that that's not a trigger for him. This is a tremendous insight. Shmuel couldn't see. Shmuel couldn't see Aliyev was angry because it wasn't something he could see on what Aliyev had done. Hashem says, I can see. I can see that the accident that is there. It hasn't been triggered maybe. But it could be and it's going to be dangerous. He doesn't deserve to be a king. And the Khilish is there from the altar. Maybe Shmuel couldn't have seen. Aliyev could have seen. He could have gone to find for himself and seen he had that minute too, and that's why he lost the kingship. When it comes to punishing somebody, Hashem can only punish a person for what they did, not what they're going to do. Like he said, Vashem Hashem doesn't punish someone who knows the future. But to decide, does a person deserve something? So Hashem can see, is this a person something who deserves bad. it? Or is it going to be something which is bad? And so it's not a question Ra'u of punishing, is it Ra'ui? And can, Hashem can see deep down he's not Ra'ui. So it's not a fact of punishing him, it's that he doesn't deserve the position because I know that it's not going to be good. So, so... That's the first son. Vayifa Yishai Rabbi Nadav, Yishai calls his second son, Vayivirei Lifnei Shmuel, and he introduces him to Shmuel, Vayayimei Ach Kam Bezeyad Rebarach Hashem. And Shmuel says Hashem didn't choose this one either. Vayavi Yishai Shammu, and the third son, Vayayimei Kam Bezeyad Rebarach Hashem. And here you see it doesn't say, Mastiyu, rather it says, Lebach, and there wasn't a Havimim even. There's no side to it. Shmuel could see on that him already. He didn't deserve to be a king. And as here, Shmuel could see the level. Here, Shmuel could see enough to see when he's on, this wasn't the king. 
Okay, so it keeps going. So Vayavi Yisha Shiva spun off Mifne Shmuel. All seven sons, Vayavi Shmuel Yisha, Levacha Hashem, none of them. Okay, so then we're done. Vayavi Shmuel Yisha, Hatamu and Ari, that's all your kids. Vayavi, Oid Sharakotten, there's one, the little ones left behind. Vinei Raya Batsan, and he's running the sheep. Vayavi Shmuel Yisha, Shilho Vakachan. So Shmuel says, Yisha, call him, bring him here. We're not going to sit, we're not going to sit, have the meal, I'd buy a pie. Is it, did Yeshua know why he was calling him? In other words, he said, Yeshua, come with your sons. Not him, not him, not him, not him. Did Yeshua know what Shmuel was looking for? Or it seems like not. He didn't understand yet what Shmuel wanted. He just, Shmuel said to Yeshua, bring your sons. And he says to him, okay, next, 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 that's all. He's like, okay, so bring him too. He's It doesn't seem like Yeshua knew what Shmuel wanted from his sons. Um, which is, like we said before in Rashi, for what? He should know what he wanted from his sons. So he had to be the last one because all the others are not. But what, what, what was Shmuel looking for that Yisha didn't know? Which is what Rashi said before. When Shmuel, Shmuel said in the first time, Negad Hashem he didn't say it to Yisha. He said to himself, I think he's going to be the king. And Shashim said, No, you're wrong. But Shmuel hadn't said anything to Yisha yet because, again, Hashem told him, Wait until I tell you. Hashem told him, I'm going to tell you what to do. Okay, so now, did Shmuel know that this was the last one who was going to be the king? Yishai didn't know, but of course Shmuel knew. He was said, go and anoint one of the sons of Yishai. I've been through all of them, and they're not none of them. So is there any of just one more? It has to be him. Which means, when Shmuel knew that David was coming, that Asun was coming, Shmuel already knew in advance this has to be the king. But it would have been the same thing with the seventh one. Well, except he's, he didn't know there were no more. Yeah, that's what he asks. That's what Shmuel asks him. He says, is that all? Mm-hmm. It can't be. He says, no, there's one more. So now he knew there was only one more. Okay, so then, and that's, so we imagine Shmuel, Shmuel's already expecting that this has to be the right one. Right? Yisha doesn't know anything. Now, this is important because it makes a big difference to this that happened next. Now, before we get to the happen next, which is the next part of the story, let's ask him a question. Why wasn't David there? If Shmuel told him in advance, Kaddish is Yeshua Vespana. Yeshua, get your sons and come, all of you together. So why didn't he bring David? Oh, so what is wrong with David? Well, why didn't he want to bring David? So here we have a Chazal. So listen back, I'll tell you the story. There's a, there's a lot of background to this, the child of David and Erech. So I'll tell you Chazal. Chazal said, like it's not, it's Merum is here and later in Tehillim, two places in Nach. But when Chazal tells us, it's like this. Yeshai. As we know, was a grandson of Rus. Okay, so this Rus's son was Ovid. Ovid's son was Yeshai. Yeshai was a grandson of Rus. Um, was Boaz allowed to marry Rus? Was Boaz allowed to marry Rus because Rus was from Boaz? So he had to marry Rus. So that's why Boaz made a basin. When he was thinking of marrying Rus, he brought ten people to the Shire, like the Gemara says, he made them a basin. He said, "What's the halacha? Is the din that you can't marry people from Boaz only for a man of Boaz, a Boazvi, or even a Boazvis?" And the basin of Boaz decided that it's only a Mayavi and not a Mayavis. So you could marry a Mayavis. Okay, so the basin passed. Uh, and Yishai marries, yeah, Boaz marries Rus. That was then. Son, Ayved, grandson Yishai. The Av basin of Kaisra at the time of Yishai, the basin of Shal, was Daik Adami. Was Daik Adami. Daik passed, no, the basin was wrong. The basin was wrong. The Rakhi is you can't marry a Maini, you can't marry a Maini, and a Maini is either. And if that's the case, uh, if that's the case, 
So then, Yisha is not allowed to marry a Jew. He's the grandson of a Moyavis. He's not allowed to marry a Jew. At that stage, Yisha already had seven sons. But now he's told. So basically, who was his mother? It doesn't make a difference. His father was the son of a Moyavi. So it means he's a Moyavi. If Moyav, ah, it's, uh, so Yisha, he might still be Jewish. But he's father, Jewish, but he can't, but he can't marry, marry a Jew marry because he's from the ancestry of Moyav. And when did Doyak rule that? Well, after seven sons. So that, that, why is he ruling? He was our best. He was our son. What's the case? Exactly that question. What's it in? Moyavi or Moyavi? Somebody asked the question. But boys asked that. That, that was, was a different dog. years ago. And then they passed it one way. That dog is based in Paskin differently. And boys, the dog is based in Paskin. The Isser is a Moyavi and a Moyavi. And so now that's the case. You should come marry a Jew. At that stage, Yisha already had seven sons. And then at that stage, Yisha separated from his wife. Based in that rule, you can't marry a Jew anymore. So, listen to a fascinating midrash. So, what did Yisra want? So, okay. So, what, what, who could he marry? Who could he marry? The answer is not a Jew, but he could marry a Shekha, who he freed because that's the Navigarius, and it's not called Kal Hashem. Like the Gemara says in Kedushin, Kal Gerim Rekri Kal, so he married a Shekha. So, Yisra had a Shekha. So, he went to, or his, his wife had a Shekha. So, he's going to free the Shekha. Then she'll be a Gerius, a, uh, a non Jewish servant who's been freed is a Gerius. And uh, you can marry the you can marry the Gyaris, which is what he intended to do. And uh, what happened was, what happened was, the midrash says that the, with the, uh, similar to the story of Rachel and Leah, the night that he was meant to marry the Shefcha, so she tells her former mistress, who was Yishai's wife, I don't think this is the right thing to do. So I'm going to pretend I'm getting married, but really you come instead of me, which is what happened. And uh, she became pregnant with David. And now uh, all Yisha's other sons, what's going on? How could she be pregnant? Uh, her father separated from her. So they thought they thought, yeah, they thought she was a mamzer. She must have been resigned with someone else. They wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. And Yisha said, don't kill him. Yisha came with Choshed what happened. Kill, kill David. Uh, kill David. They thought his mother had been resigned. And uh, Yisha said, don't kill him. Maybe he was Choshed. Why should he be killed if he's a mamzer? He's a mother, if he's a mother, so... No, kill the mother. Kill she's, the a mother. Man, she's a she's uh, She's pregnant, doesn't make sense. Exactly like Tamar. Exactly like Tamar. And, he divorced her. He didn't divorce her. He just separated from her. He just separated from her because he wasn't allowed to be with her. He didn't divorce her. Uh, that's the story. And whatever reason he should have said, he's not killing her. I don't know, maybe he was choshed, maybe not. Like you heard, I'm not sure exactly where it went to. That the Mishra doesn't say. But what they said is when David's born, they're going to leave him out with the sheep. Because maybe the wild animals will eat him. Uh, wild animals around, like Dovin himself is going to say it, lions and bears and kinds of things. He ran with the sheep. Maybe one of the wild animals will eat him. They didn't want to know about David. They were very embarrassed of him. And that's why when Yisrael was to bring your sons, forget about him. Yeah. We don't want to say anything. And this for Yisrael was a tremendous embarrassment. But, but Yisrael didn't think it was his son. He was choshed. That's why he didn't kill his wife. Because what Shanesh says, he was choshed with his son. You can even suspicious what happened. At the wedding night. Yeah. So that's why when Shmuel said, bring the sons, okay, he brought the sons, he was willing to show the Navi. And now the Navi tells him, any more? This is a tremendously embarrassing for Yesha. Because he can't lie to the Navi. Yes, there's one more. He's after the sheep. Go bring him. We're not doing anything until he comes. But then the Navi's saying that's his son. He's, he's validating. Oh, we're going to get that. You're 100% right. So uh, this was tremendously embarrassing for him. He thought maybe the Navi's going to give me Musa. 
Maybe that's why he brought this whole thing here to tell me about my son, to tell me what a Russia and to tell me whatever it is. He had no choice. The Navi said, Bring him, and Shmuel said, I'm waiting for him. I'm not doing anything until he comes. Says the Midrash. Says the Midrash that when they went, the Mishlech went to fetch David from the, from the sheep, and said, The Navi's waiting for you, he also didn't know what they wanted from him. So he went to his mother and he said, What does the Navi want from me? So he said, No, no, no I'll come with you. So, they, they, so the Midrash says, They came together. They came to Shmuel, and the first thing is that Shmuel said, "This is your son, Yeshai." So then it says, "V'parat His mother started to cry because that relieved, that validated her. Everyone thought she'd done something wrong and that she was chayv mis and David was a mamzer. The first thing Shmuel said, "He's your son." So now the Navi is saying that it's uh, that that the it's Yeshai's son, it wasn't from someone else. The, the first thing is that no one thought David was a mamzer anymore. And no one thought his mother, his mother had done something wrong. That was the first point. And now the second point. And this is what the Gemara says. Shmuel Paskant, that And he's a kosher Jew as well. That was two major reversals in David Amalek's life, which you never expected. The first one is, not, firstly they thought he was a Mayavi. And besides for that, they thought he was a Mamza. And with the Novi, before, before anything else, just the fact that the Novi called him in and said, you're a son of Yishai, before anything else, that already gave him the status of number one, he's not a mamza. It proved that Yeshua was his father. And number two, the Shmuel Paskin, and you're a kosher Jew. Which means that he, he overturned the ruling of Doeg's Bastin. And so the Gemara says, Shmuel Ramos is based in Paskin, that the Moabi Vilay And therefore he brought back the Psak of Bayas, that he's a kosher Jew as well. That's the background. That happened right away. Sorry? That's when the second point happened right away, right when he came to anoint any of Yeshua's sons. Yes, right, right, right. That was the same time. Right, it was right. 100%, 100%. That was, the, that was the, the two, even before what happens next, about how David becomes a king, it's an important point to know, this was a major reversal in David's life uh, before everything else. That's what, uh, that's what uh, the Gemara says in Psachim. That David says, He's talking about himself. That all of his brothers, all the Banim, they rejected him. They thought he was an Amza. They said, no, Adarabah. Hashem reversed it. That was uh, he became the one Hashem chose. That, that showed that what he had grown up his whole life thinking that he's the outcast, he's the mamza, he's uh, He was chosen as the one Hashem wanted. So that's the background. Now, why did David have to go through that experience? Why did David need to have that background? So this is a very important point in the in the life of David Melech, which Hashem will describe next time. Why this was a, a factor in what made David who he was to become the king.